from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Ryan Levy. It can be really scary for anyone to decide to stop doing the thing they've been doing and training for their entire life. Now imagine if that thing is being a ballerina. You land your dream job with one of the world's top ballet companies at just 18. You're a star with a legion of fans on social media. And then you stop. Vanish from the ballet world. This is the story of Miko Fogarty. For the past few months, Miko has been sharing her story with KQD reporter Chloe Veltman. She told Chloe about the many reasons she left ballet. She also told her about a disturbing interaction she had with one of her former coaches, a man named Viktor Kabaniaev. Chloe produced a 30-minute audio documentary for the California Report magazine about Miko and how her life has changed. And we're going to play the first part of that story for you here on Queued Up. In this part, we'll meet Miko and hear how she rose to stardom before eventually walking away. Quick warning, this story might not be appropriate for young kids. Okay, Miko, let's get ready and show us wild girl from streets of Sevilla. Go for it. Energy. Dynamic. This is a moment from another dance documentary featuring Miko Fogarty. The feature-length movie First Position follows six young ballet hopefuls as they prep for a big competition in New York. Viktor Kobaniaev and Miko Fogarty appear together in many scenes. On screen, Viktor comes across as a stern taskmaster. He issues orders from the edge of the dance studio with his hands clasped behind his back, like Captain Kirk aboard the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Miko, dark-haired and fierce in a swirling black tutu, executes a cascade of flawless turns across the space. Miko is an exceptional student. Thank you, great job. Victor helped to develop Miko's talent. The documentary was shot when Miko was just 12 years old, and it shows her dance coach's influence ranged well beyond the studio. My ballet teacher, Victor, suggested that it would be a good idea if I did homeschooling, so I have more hours to do ballet, so I could get much better in a shorter amount of time. First position turned Miko into a budding dance world celebrity. She developed a huge social media presence. Today, Miko has 300,000 followers on Instagram, and her YouTube videos have more than 20 million views. All those fans might have been surprised to hear where I found Miko this summer. In a lab at the University of California, San Francisco. Now age 21, she's working part-time as a cancer research assistant. So we always have to spray down all the counters and all the desk tops to make sure everything stays very sterile. Miko still has the same ballet dancer's alert posture and cat-like walk, still sometimes wears her hair in a tight bun. But she's no longer performing. I spent many hours this past summer in Miko's company. We'd meet after her shifts at the lab, sit in the building and chat, or take strolls together around the neighbourhood. All right, should we uh, go for a wander, find some place quiet to talk? Yeah, sounds good. It's a bit noisy here. Miko is always resolutely self-confident, poised and polite. 
she's quick to shrug off any kind of discomfort or pain. Like when she shares a memory of an early ballet injury. And so for the first lesson that we had on point was also the first time I got my first blister. <laughs> and I just remember feeling like, what is that feeling on my pinky toe? And then when I took my pointers off, it was a blister. But it didn't hurt as much as I expected it to hurt. She went from being a baby ballerina in the San Francisco Bay Area to acing her audition with England's Birmingham Royal Ballet. All within just a few years, she was headed for stardom. So what happened? It's been tough for Miko to open up about why she left dance. When I caught up with her this summer, two years had passed since she quit. But she was still posting gorgeous dance photos of herself on Instagram. For all her followers knew, she was still dancing and as committed to ballet now as she was as a little kid in the documentary First Position. Most kids my age, they're not 100% sure what they're going to do. But I know I'm going to do ballet for the rest of my life. But over these last few weeks, I've begun to catch glimpses of what it's been like for Miko to pursue a passion with single-minded persistence and then to drop it and change direction completely. I was always kind of waiting for the moment where I got off stage or it was after the performance. Like, I couldn't wait for that moment after. That moment when she could stop performing. First, let's rewind to when Miko was just four. Before Miko started ballet, she was sort of bad mood after a nap. I brought her to ballet. Suddenly, she really cheered up. She really, really became happy. That's Miko's mom, Satoko Fogarty, in the documentary First Position. Satoko is a former concert pianist. She followed her husband from her native Japan to the UK and then to California. She'd given up professional music to raise Miko and her younger brother, Jules. What I get from watching the film is that Miko's mom acted like so many parents of child prodigies. The other moms think, oh, I'm too involved. But I, I don't want to regret that I could have done more for them. So I, I think I, I try to do the best. And Miko was dreaming big from a young age too. Well, four-year-old girl doesn't want to dance like a fairy, I guess. By the time she was eight, she was taking classes almost every day. Miko fell in love with everything to do with ballet, the choreography, the music the costumes. Every time I got a new tutu, it was amazing. <laughs> it was an amazing feeling to take it out of the box and see it sparkle for the first time. Her mom would drive her all over the place for private and group ballet lessons. First position captures her demanding schedule. Miko, we have to go. Otherwise, we will be late for the rehearsal. I ask Miko if her mom pushed her too hard. She says both her parents were nothing but supportive. They played contrasting roles in her life, good cop, bad cop. My mom kind of pushed me to work hard and be the very best in my academics and in my, in my ballet career. My dad made sure that my brother and I had time to like play and to go to the park and go camping and go do all these fun things. So it was a really nice balance between my mom and my dad. Miko's mom sought out the very best teachers for her daughter. So when Miko was 10, Satoko hired Viktor Kabanyaev. 
he came highly recommended. There are basically two main vehicles for launching careers in the cutthroat ballet world, winning medals at major international dance competitions and securing auditions with important companies. Kabanyaev was known for helping his students attain these extremely elusive goals. I did like trust him fully and he was like my second dad at that point. Miko wasn't the only student who looked up to the dance coach. Quite a few of his students were like pretty high profile, um, won a lot of competitions and things. That's Patricia Zhou. She's a former student of Viktor Kabanyaev's. Among other achievements, she apprenticed at the Royal Ballet in London. When we speak on the phone, Patricia doesn't only describe Victor as a tough and brilliant teacher. She also says he was thoughtful and caring. He really um, just like took care of me like a family member would. Um, and he was always so kind. It was a coup to score him as a coach. Miko's career took off in the five years she trained with him. He was tough. He worked her really hard. Up, up, up. Don't give up. Pull up. Competition in the world so huge. And if there is a girl like her, but she has better feet, judges, directors would take her rather than Miko. Miko says she and her coach spent a lot of time together. They sometimes had coffee between their private and group lessons. He drove her around in his car. One afternoon in 2011, Miko says Victor invited her to see his new apartment south of San Francisco. So I was like, OK. I knew him really well and we'd like travel to ballet competitions together and everything. So Miko says he was showing her the bedroom when he started flirting with her. He made some remarks like you should come back sometime and we can do like fun things on this bed or something something along those lines and I felt very uncomfortable and he was like you should even like try this mattress it's like a new like time repeated mattress or something so I like sat on it. Miko suggested they go back out into the living room to watch a dance video. And like during that he was like do you want a massage and normally like before he'd given me like half massages and they felt like great like he could like really work the muscle out and us dancers are always sore so I was like okay but like instead of like um, a massage it was more like he was just kind of touching me everywhere like lightly. <laughs> she was 13 wearing a leotard and tights. He was going over my like non-existent boobs and he didn't go right on the on like the crotch, but he was like going very far up my thighs, yeah. This is not, it was not a massage. There was no like pressure to like massage out my muscles. It was not like that. She quietly waited for him to stop. After about 15 minutes, she says he did. And then we just went back to the studio and we had class again. Thank you to KQED's Chloe Veltman for her reporting. You can hear the rest of Miko's story by downloading the California Report magazine wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week.